Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the message. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing and how you can get involved, check out our website, message.org.uk. Welcome, welcome. It's great to have you all here today, and it's great to have you watching us. And we know God has something amazing to speak to each and every one of us. I would like to start this moment sharing about Wesley, our advanced ambassador in Brazil. And we asked prayers, and we were, we were all praying for Wesley. Wesley had a very bad COVID. He, had, he were in ICU for more than a month now, 20 days in coma. And situation was very, very bad. He had multiple cardiac, cardiac arrests. He stayed 10 minutes dead. And they brought him back to life. And after that, they did multiple tests on his heart. And half of his heart wasn't working. And the doctors were saying, look, the situation is bad. After that, he got not just one, but three super bacterias. And... In all these three occasions, the doctor said, there's nothing we can do anymore. To the end, the doctor called the family and said, look, he's taking the ICU. And in Brazil, uh, we don't have many of that. So uh, we will reduce all the oxygen and all the medication to the, uh, the minimum that is required by law. But we expect that he will pass away tonight. When they did that, Wesley started to breathe again by himself. And today, he is leaving ICU. And to the glory of God, to the glory of God, Wesley is improving, and the doctor said he will have multiple uh, side effects if he survives, and on Monday he was sending uh, some pictures to me and writing, Luis, you know what, I want you to know that the groups are being taken care of. I said, that's great, man. That's the God we serve, a God of miracles. A God that is still alive and still doing. So I don't know what you are facing today. What I know is that God is taking care of it. So just allow God to take care of what God is taking care of. That's awesome. And today, guys, we will go to our first church in Revelation. Remember, we started two weeks ago, three weeks ago now, talking about the seven churches of Revelation. And today we'll go to Ephesus. So the first church... I would like to invite you to open your Bible in Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. That will talk about the church of Ephesus. And it says, to the church in Ephesus, to the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walk amongst the seven gold lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name, and have not grown weary. Yet I hold these against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent. And do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practice of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life. 
which is in the paradise of God. Amen. Father, this is your word. And your word is enough to change, to bring life to the dead, to bring transformation to anyone struggling today, but to awaken us and give us a fresh, fresh love for you and your word. So we pray today, speak to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I remember when Danny and I, we were pastors in Brazil. After one of our baptism services, we were in our house and we could see the boys, Louis Jr. and Samuel, having a shower. And we were talking and watching them with their little bath, and they were there. And I could see Louis Jr. looking to Samuel. I think Louis was like four, Samuel was like three. And Louis Jr. was saying to Samuel, Sam, do you want more of God? And Samuel was saying, yes. So Louis would take his head and boom, on the water. <laughs> and he would stay there for a few seconds, and Samuel would come back and almost draw. <gasps> And Louis would say, ah, do you want more of God or not? And Samuel was getting a little bit hesitant by that time and said, yes. And Louis would take Samuel, boom, again. And that's repeated quite a few times. You might be wondering what kind of parents would allow that to happen. Or what kind of church would teach that for a three and four years old? We didn't teach that. But uh, the thing is, after a few times, all, you know, the bubbles and that thing started to be on a, on, on that tub, and Louis looked at Samuel and said, can you see that? It's not pure water anymore. That's your sin, Sam. You need more. <laughs> more of God. And the thing is, what's so lovely to see that? But what's so lovely, not, not the drowning part, but like the passion part of, of stuff. But what was great to see is that they understood one principle. If we want more of God, we need to pursue more of God. I'm not asking you to draw. I'm not asking you to go and, and have a shower. What I'm asking you is we need to understand that we cannot grow weary or cold or lose passion any, any time in our lives. They understood that principle on that time. And we need to understand that. Guys, God is asking to you and to me. And this letter to the church of Ephesus is saying, guys, I don't care how much impressive you are to everyone else in this room. What I care is, do you want more of me? Do you love me? Are you pursuing my heart? God is asking to you and to me today. Do you want more of me? Yes or no? There's a clear line that sometimes we just ignore. And we just start to live life as normal. And we grow lukewarm and cold. And we give an excuse that actually we are getting more and more mature. This letter came to that first community in Ephesus. And actually the word Ephesus means desirable. And that community, that city was actually desirable. They had around 250,000 people. They were by the sea or the agency. They were one of the greatest and most important cities cities of their time. They even received from the Roman uh, Empire the great honor they could rule themselves. But they had a lot of problems. One of the largest temples ever built on that time was built there. Was for, the, for Artemis, if you are Greek, or Diana, for the Romans. Was one of the seven wonders of that time. And they had a lot of pressure because of that. A lot of pressure to just relax and enjoy culture, to just enjoy 
and appreciate everything that the world was offering because look, you are a great city with great uh, scholars, with great people saying how you should live your life. And all that temptation was bringing to them this temptation to just relax, to stop to pursue the Bible, to stop to pursue what God had for them, and just stop pursuing their love for the Lord. And God came and sent that letter and sent that word through John to them, saying, basically, guys, it's time to wake up. Guys, it's time to understand that I have not changed. Not should your love for me change. And that is the first thing that I see here. God is saying to them, and God is saying to each and every one of us today, guys, I know you. And I know what you do. But more importantly than what you do, I know your heart. And I know your passion. And I know your zeal. And I know that you are wandering off. I know that your love is not what once was. I know that your passion is not what once was. I know that your pursuit maybe is not what once was. And what was so great and passionate and amazing and no-brainer became something cold and something culturally accepted. Guys, let me make very, very clear for you. If you want to pursue God, don't expect culture outside to clap to you and say, that's great, man, you are exactly one of us. Do you know why? Because you are not. You don't belong here. Your culture is not from this century. But we became so focused to fit and to be so, you know, oh, amazing for everybody out, out there that we forget that we have one person to please. That is Jesus Christ. That is exactly what was happening to them. That was exactly what was happening to them. Don't use maturity. Don't use culturally awareness as an excuse to grow cold with the Lord. Don't do that. I'm hearing that more and more often. People that come to the Lord and are in passion for the Lord and they just want to do things for the Lord and then we say, just calm down. You will see in a few years that will pass. And I say, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Oh, in few years, I was like that before. But then you will know, you will grow, and then you will see that it's not like that. Man, where you see that on the Bible? The problem is we have a generation that is growing cold and colder and colder, and they use maturity as an excuse for that. Guys, if we lost our passion, this is not a sign of maturity. That is a sign that we are wandering off. And that's when Jesus wrote to them. I was on my holiday talking to my 10 years old nephew. And I was having this conversation. He was asking what mission was all about. And I was sharing with him. And then he asked me, so do we still have to do mission today? I said, yeah, of course. For example, just look Scotland. Do you know that 25% of the churches in Scotland will close their doors in four years? 25%. And then he looked at me, that boy, 10 years old, and said, oh, it's a no-brainer. Let's go to Scotland then. And then I, I caught myself saying to him, oh, it's not like that. Just wait. You know, there's a... He said, but uncle, you just said Jesus died for them. 25% are closing their doors. Are you just be conformed with that? I said, man, when I look to the Bible, that's not what I see. When I look to the Bible, I see a God that knows me 
and knows the whole world. And it's saying to me and to you today, guys, I don't know the excuses that you are giving, but just check your heart for a moment. Do you still love me as you once did? Do you still as crazy for me as you once was? Do you still say yes, like Andy preached last week? Do you still say yes to me as you once did? Or you just have all these things around you right now that it's all yes, but. Maybe in a few years, Lord. Yes, but, Lord, I have so many. Yes. And Lord is saying, there's no yes, but. That, that community was faithful to the word. They were trying to pursue God, but they went cold on their love for God and cold for their love toward others. And that's how we measure. You cannot love God if you don't love others. And you cannot truly love others without a true love for God. Your love towards God expresses itself in everything. And how can we continue to be still knowing that 25% of churches are closing their doors? How can we continue to sit still knowing there are people dying today without knowing Jesus Christ? And we have an intellectual faith that says, that's all right. Because on the end of the day, what I need is a bigger TV. It's all right, because on the end of the day, what I need is that next travel. Guys, you have one life. It will soon be passed. Only what is done for Christ will last. And only those who hear about Christ will come with us to be with Christ forever. But we are so great. A generation that is more concerned with the next oven that we'll buy than with the salvation of those people that are perishing without Jesus. That is the message. Guys, I don't care how much you know the words of this book. If you don't put into practice... That is nothing more than just a sound. They were gatekeepers of the law. They could recognize a false teacher from a distance. A false apostle from a distance. That's great. We are this generation nowadays that can critique everyone and anyone on YouTube or any other preacher. But what are you doing with that? God doesn't want just people that can recognize false apostles. They want the true apostles to go and change the world. And that's your call. That's my call. Go and change the world in the name of Jesus. The second thing that I see here, guys, is this call to action. Some people are living a theoretical, amazing, philosophical Christianity. Where we understand things and that's all right. That's good. I know what I should do, but I don't do it. But that's all right. That's not all right. The call of Jesus Christ to them were the three R's. The three R's are repent, remember, repeat. That's how we should approach when God speaks to us. Repent, remember, repeat. There is no change without repentance. There is no forgiveness without repentance. Repentance is not remorse. That I feel guilty with the consequence that I see, but continue doing after the consequence passes. It's like me every Monday when I go to my scale on my bathroom. I go there and I look and I said, I rebuke your number. I don't like that. <laughs> and then I come to the message and I say, I'll, I'll have a healthier life today. I'll go for a walk. 
and then Peter comes with a chocolate. And I forget that, and I eat the chocolate, and many other things after that. And then next Monday, I'll be there, full of remorse, saying, I rebuke you, scale. Let me tell you guys, repent is not remorse. Repent is not, oh, I think, no, repentance is metanoia, a changing of direction, a changing of thinking. It's going one direction and going to other. It's to look to this book, and when I see something that I don't like here, I don't change the book, I change myself. But we are in a generation that they see things on a mirror that they don't like, and instead of changing themselves, they change the word. It's easy. Oh, it's surely it's not saying what it's saying. Yeah, look what the serpent said to Eve. It's exactly the same thing. The devil hasn't changed. Surely you're not going to die. It's just, no, it's not. It's the word of God. It's the absolute truth. And that's the compass that guides our life. So if you do something that is not here, guys, the call of God is very clear. Repent. Repent. If you are growing weary and lukewarm, repent. And today it's time to say, Lord, put me on fire once again. That I don't see statistics anymore as, oh, people are dying without Jesus. Oh, that's sad. Oh, we have 400 Afghan people arriving here. Oh, that's sad. Oh, we have uh, 10,000 people around Greater Manchester that have no access to Meals like we do, oh, that is sad. No, that's not sad. That's a call to you and to me to repent the way we are living and doing something about it. That's what we should do. The second thing is remember. Remember where we start to fall. Remember what we did wrong. Guys, this is the concept of madness, doing exactly the same thing and expect a different result. But that's what many people and many churches and many Christians are doing right now. They keep doing exactly the same thing and they keep saying, oh, it will change. No, it will not. If we don't allow the Holy Spirit to change us. If we don't allow the Holy Spirit to wake up the passion that He wants us to have for Him. Today is the time to say, God, I want to remember the things that distracted me, that led me away. The things that make me to grow lukewarm. And today I repent from that. And I will keep repeating this action until I die. Because repentance and to live a life like God was calling the community in Ephesus to live is not just a one-off thing. It's not a one-off thing that I read this book once and, oh, I like it. That's good. No, you keep reading. You keep meditating. You keep going to God and saying, God, change me until the day that I'll be face-to-face with you, Lord. Continue to change me. Continue to reshape me. Continue to give me love for you and for others. Otherwise, it will happen to me what happened with this community. And I will lose my first love. And there is a theologian that I really like. And he says, Chris Palmer, he says this. That when the Bible says that they lost their first love, what they would have understood is they lost their identity that they were true Christians. The identity that they were true Christians was that they loved God and they loved others more than they loved themselves. That's your ID card. That's our ID card. Can you genuine answer today that you love God and love others more than you love yourself? Could you present that as your ID? Could the world see that as your ID? And then on the end of this letter, Jesus Continue to talk to them. 
And for me, what is very clear when we see what he's saying here from verse 6 and 7, we can see Jesus saying to them, guys, please understand this. There is life and death in front of you. There is a decision to be made today. There is a call from the Lord that is echoing throughout eternity to you and to me. Are you, are you willing to be used to God's glory? Are you willing to have that first love as an ID? Are you willing to choose life and intimacy and pursuing God's face? Or will you be content just to know about it? Do you want life? Do you want God? Do you want to be used by Him? Or will you just be content to know what the law is? That's the call of the Lord. That was the message to that church. Guys, I know you are suffering. I know there are many things happening. I know all the pressures to make you acceptable to the world. But your call is to be in fire for Jesus. Your call is to be a bridge of His glory and grace to the world. And if we do that, guys, nothing will stop this community. Nothing will stop his church because the gates of hell already lost to the Spirit. I'd like to invite you to pray with me today. And maybe that's what is on your heart today. Maybe after all that you heard, you came to a conclusion and said, Lord, maybe I'm not as in, in passion with you. Maybe I'm not as in flames with you. Maybe I'm not on fire for you as I once were. Maybe, Lord, before I would say yes to you, like I preached last week. Maybe before I would say, Lord, yes, I cannot cope with people dying without knowing you. With 25% of churches closing down. With people arriving on this country without food or without knowledge of the gospel. Lord, use me to your glory. And maybe now I'm content just to plan my next TV. Maybe today is the time to say, Lord, I, rep I repent. I remember and I repeat doing that to the glory of your name. Father, in Jesus' name, we are here today because you are good. And Father, as that church in Ephesus, so many good things already happened in our lives, like happened on that church. But the past, Lord, it's just good to give us testimonies and, and to give us just a good memory for today. But we need today to live faithfully to you and to your gospel. So today I pray for everyone that is here, everyone that is watching us, Lord, just burn our hearts once again. Put us on fire for you. Put us on fire for your work. Put us on fire for God and for the others, people around us. Put us in fire for what burns your heart, Lord. Use us. Send us to your glory, we pray. Amen. Man, guys, thank you very, very much for being here. I'll be with you soon. And please, maybe you have to call someone today. And uh, just share with this person. God called you to be on fire for him. Bless you guys in Jesus' name. Bye-bye. Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support our work or even get involved with one of our teams. We also have another podcast called The Flow Podcast, where we share stories and testimonies of the amazing things that God's doing in people's lives. Search for The Flow Podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>